Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Bijou Podcasts. This is episode 11 of the Stacey June Show. I am so excited to announce today's guest, Gala Darling. I'm Stacey Jean. Hello. I want to help you find your inner spark. And I promise you, this podcast is going to be so much more than a motivational meme. By sharing the teachings and lessons I've learned on my path to spiritual and personal growth, you too can connect with your true self and become the most honest, worthy and powerful version of yourself you can be. This podcast is going to be about connecting with others and reconnecting you with yourself learning to enjoy the good stuff in the moment, the lessons in the hard stuff, which is often where they live, and to always find the funny in the fucked. Hello, everyone. Oh, man, I am pretty excited to be introducing you to this particular woman today. Uh, On the show, we have Gala Darling, who is an author, a speaker. I call her kind of the tapping extraordinaire. Um, And she's someone that I came across when I was doing one of my courses. It it turned out to be a coaching course. I think a few of you may have heard if you've listened to me on other podcasts. But uh, the middle of last year, I did a spirit junkie course, which Gabby Bernstein does in person and online. I was the first, one of the first uh, groups to do her online version of that course. Uh, It was something I wasn't really sure... I wasn't sure what to expect. I wasn't really sure what I was what I was going to get from it. But all I knew was that I wanted to find a way to creatively and and from a business perspective tap into my spirituality and make sure that whatever I was was telling and whatever I was was I suppose communicating and and doing from a from a, a work perspective was coming from a sacred place. Coming from a place of integrity and honesty in myself. And for a while there, I kind of lost that. I, I think I was quite aware of what it was, but probably a little bit scared to go there and unsure. So I started doing a, f- a few more of these courses. In the course, and I speak about this when I spoke to Gala, I speak about, uh, I just, I guess her conviction and and this real attitude of, you know what, I'm, I'm who I am and I'm not going to fucking ask for your permission to be who that is. And coming out of uh, you know, a, a really full-on big commercial media background, which I still continue to hope that I am able to enter back into at some point. It was really a very big challenge for me to shut my eyes and not, I suppose, put myself in a box like the way they wanted us all to be in boxes. And and I constantly dodged the box, then I found myself conforming to the box and then all of a sudden found myself spat out to be able to come to this place and figure out 
who am I? What do I want to do? I need to create my own box and then maybe one day I will I will re-enter it and kind of merge the two. But for now, I'm having conversations like this, which will inspire you. It inspired me. It will really make you sit up straight and have a think about, okay, what the fuck can I do in my own in my own life, what do I have the power to do to change? And and when I say change, I mean in whatever way it is that you want. Some of the stuff that she talks about are how you can break out of relationships or how those kinds of those messy moments around breakups can really be this moment of, I guess, an awakening for you, as well as different ways to attract money and, and a thought process around how we approach abundance when it comes to cash-ish and abundance, I just mean, you know, an absolute limitless, infinite ability for you to cap into the wealth of the world. There's a fucking lot of money that's that's flying around. So there's she gives some tips on that and, and speaks about, I guess, how there's this real no bullshit approach to the work you need to do. There's no one that's going to hand you this, I suppose, new lease of life or this this guide to success. You need to do the work yourself. So I really hope you enjoy this chat. Please let Gala know that you heard her here. She speaks about tapping and I was going to go into that a little bit further, but I'm going to let her introduce what that is to you if you haven't already heard it. I do uh, do that in some of my coachings. It's the first week uh, that I did it in the coaching, uh, the summer coaching that I did this year, and we'll continue to do that in the autumn as well. And it really has this ability to put the blocks to the side or really just bomb them out, let them let them go and and gives you that clarity to be really clear on on what you're seeing, what you want and what's what's now and what's next. And I think sometimes we can get cloudy and we can overthink things because we haven't really let go of often it's subconscious thoughts or subconscious patterns or subconscious things that we've been taught. And once you let those go, all of a sudden the thing that you feel in your gut that is feeling a little bit blurry all of a sudden looks like this clear, beautiful picture that you can see and then you can take action to go towards it. So I'll let her explain that. She does a, a course called Mag, Mag, Magnetismo, Magnetismo, Magnetismo. Why can I say that word? Magnetismo. Magnet. Oh my God. It's on her website, galadarling.com. It's so embarrassing. I mean, I can't even chop this. I can't even edit it for you because I don't have anyone here to correct me or tell me magnetismo. She says it in the show. She says it after we stop recording. So maybe we'll have to leave that in too lol this is my life now doing this show on my own you know what and I'm not I'm just not even going to hate on it this is exactly legit who I am and I struggle to pronounce words and sayings on the reg you get the vibe I will put it in show notes so you'll be able to go directly to where she is and where she does this particular course now the course is something that I would recommend if you're looking to get into tapping and and really start to learn the basics and find a process that works for you, then you can take it yourself um, and and do it further throughout the month yourself. It's a monthly membership. Or you can take what you want and do do the other videos that she puts up on her YouTube channel as well. I will also put that in show notes. But you can find all of it at galadarling.com and galadarling on YouTube. She was telling me about a video podcast she's doing, so make sure you check that out too. I'll also throw that link in the show notes. I think I I've given you all the info that you need to go and let her know that you heard her here and give her some love if, if you love this show. And I hope it encourages you to potentially work with her. I'm going to uh, 
to keep in touch with Gala, I think that there's there's so much more that she could give you guys in Australia here. So let's try and see see what happens there and, and I'll put it out there to the universe because I think we're all learning from this episode. It isn't just me talking to her and kind of being some form of interviewer hat. I really took so much of what she said in. I loved the way that she was considerate with where I was at and, and really at times made me feel quite solid in in places that I I guess before I chatted to her was still feeling a little bit shaky. So without further ado, I think this has gone on for long enough. Please enjoy the episode with me and Gala Darling. Gala, is it it's just such a delight to chat to you and I feel very lucky and privileged to have this time, the just the two of us. I think I'm still getting used to having my own show. Usually there's another person and there's lots of different people that are kind of conversing and lots to consider and I'm still pinching mm. myself that A, I have these beautiful uh, one-on-one chats that I'm creating but B, I get to have them with people like yourself. So thank you for giving me your time today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So I wanted to share with uh, the listeners of the Stacey June show how I came across you. I did Gabby Bernstein's Spirit Junkie course at a time in my life where I was really feeling like I had lost a little bit of the spark as to why I wanted to storytell and and I really was finding it hard to get any form of juiciness or colour into what I was doing. And so I did the course. Um, it was pretty incredible and you were one of the speakers and I have very just on a very big piece of paper in my room, in my office, uh, a quote that you said that I wanted to share with everybody and it was, I don't believe in waiting to be picked by someone else. Gala, darling. It's just on an orange piece of paper. (laughs) And I thought that was such an incredible quote uh, for so many reasons. For me, it was very poignant uh, for my career, but I also felt like it could have been as poignant for many times in my life, whether it was in the dating realm, whether it was in a friend wanting to approve, uh, you know, wanting a friend to approve who I was. There's a million different ways that that quote I suppose, could resonate with someone. But I wanted to ask you straight up how you sat, I guess, solidly in that quote and, you know, how you got to to be able to say that as strongly as you did on the video that I watched. Absolutely. I mean, I've been running my business, by which I mean blogging, making videos, writing books, recording podcasts since 2006. So we're at like, what, 13 years? And in that time, any time I have been looking to outside validation, um, whether it was a publisher or working with an agent or any of those things, it has never really worked out for me. And I've always been able to get the most traction by backing myself and making the decision that I know is best for me. And I think in life, uh, it's very tempting to want to look to somebody else to give us guidance or to tell us what we should do next or what should you do with your business? How should you run your money? What should you do? And the reality is that nobody knows what you do better than you do. Nobody knows how you feel, what inspires you, what excites you better than you do. And so you are always going to be your own best investment and your own best resource. And that's not to say that you shouldn't have a mentor. You shouldn't ask for advice. You shouldn't look for other people's you know, opinions or to see how they've done things. But 
we really need to learn to trust ourselves and just understand that your own guidance 99% of the time is going to be on point. Mm. And I suppose the interesting thing about those comments is that there is practice that must take place for you to get to know that voice in yourself. And I and mm-hmm. I have a practice of my own which involves meditation and, and tapping and a few other things that you are very familiar with. But I wanted to ask you mm-hmm. how you practice making sure that you're having a conversation with your inner friend, uh, aka yourself, and potentially what you do as a routine to make sure that that's sharp. Well, it's literally an everyday process for me. And uh, it was President's Day in the U.S. yesterday. And I had all these people saying, oh, what are you doing for the holiday? Like, I'm working. I'm working for the holiday because I love it. And it's how I stay sharp. Like, this is what I love to do. And so literally, my life is now at a point where everything I do is about having a conversation with my inner friend. Even like from the work that I do to the gigs that I take to the people that I hire, it's like, is this going to make me feel good or not? If I have an idea for a project that could be extremely lucrative, but I know it's not going to be fun for me, I don't do it. And like I said, you know, this is an everyday practice. I've been doing this for 13 years and that's really what it takes is like being in it with yourself every single day. And there's really no way around that. There's no shortcut. There's no magic bullet. And You know, I use things like meditation, tapping, like you mentioned. I have a magical morning practice, which you may or may not know about. And, yeah, could you um, could you and- run us through that? Because, for example, I have, I did a thirty day grounding, I guess, exercise where I really upped a lot of my morning ritual. So it was kind of like a supercharge mm-hmm. hour and a half morning. And I thought to myself, there's mm-hmm. no way I'll be able to do this every day. I'll do it for thirty days, mm-hmm. and now I'm hooked. Mm-hmm. There's no way I can't do that length of time. <laughs> so it's quite interesting. Mm-hmm. But this morning it was, I don't know, a new moon and I felt really kind of cozy and and there there are still parts of me, I suppose, that drop off. And I think it's really important to say that to my listeners anyway, because the show is really about mm-hmm. talking about the practicality and the reality of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And just because you are a person that shares these stories doesn't mean I'm talking on behalf of myself that I don't uh, sometimes wake up and fall out of that routine or find it difficult like everybody else does to kind of motivate some mornings not many anymore Mm. but some and this morning was one of those Mm. I wanted to ask you what your morning um what did you call it your morning magic magical morning routine yeah what what yours is and and how you got how you got it down to you know I guess as as disciplined as you did so you're gonna love hearing this because I'm not disciplined about it at all I do it when it feels good (laughs) excellent excellent That's it. And, you know, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to have these morning routines. And we think like, I think it's very, um, it's like, it's beautiful and and tempting to think like, if I had this morning routine and I did it every day, my life would work. I wouldn't have problems. You know, I would sail out of bed in the morning and small birds would dress me and my life would be perfect. But real, you know, in reality, that's not how it works. And an hour and a half in the morning is so fucking long. (laughs) <laughs> I would be climbing the walls by that point. And I'm sure anyone that like has, you know, a husband or a wife or children or dogs is like, there's no way that I'm doing this. And I think the other thing that can be very 
tricky is that we can get into a mode of ritualizing our lives in a way that means that we then cannot function without the ritual. Mm. So, you know, some people have a ritual around, well, this is what I do when I'm working on my writing. I light a candle, I sit here, I listen to this music, blah, blah, blah. You have to be fucking versatile. You've got to adapt. If you need to write in a Starbucks or on a plane, you've got to be able to do it without your accessories. And so we have to be careful with the rituals that we have, that we are not relying on them, that we're not putting our power outside of ourselves and in the ritual. Because the ritual really doesn't mean shit. The ritual is just where we focus our intention. And you don't need a ritual to do that. It can be as simple as choosing a different thought. So oh. I wanted to say that. I love that. And clear that up well, before that's... we get into it because, uh, you know, it's just important that we're not placing our power outside of ourselves. It's very easy to do that. We do it all the time. Mm, that's a really good point. And I think I think it's it, it can be important at some parts of your life to I, – I had to do the discipline because working by myself and, and starting new processes for myself, it helped me stick to something. But I yeah, sure. completely agree with you in that we can get really super serious in this stuff, which I want to talk to you about mm-hmm. later, which is why I think a lot of people then choose to avoid it. Because it's like, well, if I can't do it 100%, then I mustn't be that committed. I'm probably not a self-help girl anyway. You know, so it is, right. it's interesting how we can really quickly right. turn, you know. Yes. And we can be very superstitious about these things, which I don't think is ever healthy. And the other thing is that different phases of our lives demand different activities yeah. and different ways of allocating our energy and our attention. So when you are starting to work from home, you're creating a new project, yeah, having a 30-day discipline is an amazing thing to do to lock you into whatever you're doing. But then you're going to go through a phase where you're like, I don't need that right now. And then you'll return to it when you feel like you need it. Mm. And that's how life it is. It's an ebb and a flow. I, I really don't know anyone who does exactly this thing every morning. And in fact, you know, when you hear about people who do that, I find that their life sounds very rigid. Mm, it's true. And I think as well, it's, I don't know, I think sometimes it can come from, I guess, people that are, are, are could be quite established on their path as well and mm-hmm. and really have this ability financially and um Uh, mostly financially comes to mind actually where people have I guess space or they've created and I'm sure they've created however they've created or maybe they haven't maybe they just had a big fat hand-me-down I don't know but the point is Mm -hmm. what the juicy parts of the conversation that you have and and the things that I'm interested in talking about is is a realistic viewpoint to a start this shit and b Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. stick to it without feeling like crap you know, in your own version of whatever that looks like. So, okay, right. say there is a different week for you. How do you kind of navigate that according to your moods and what would be something where you kind of feel like you need something more deeper and more, I guess, um, elongated versus something that you need as a bit of a, a quick kind of pick-me-up? I think really the way I navigate it is I listen to what my body is telling me and I really pay attention to that. And again, that's something that only gets better with time and practice because if your body is telling you, I need a day off, 
there and you don't listen and your body gets quieter and quieter and then mm. you're just in this like slow soul suck of despair and you don't know why which I think so, as well just sorry to interrupt there but I think that's mm. where uh you're in your head and I think that's just to kind of really mm-hmm. break it down simply for people and I speak about this a little bit on my socials is that kind of head conversation that isn't essentially who you are or, or really driving you to your best right So, yeah, I mean, what I'm doing on a daily basis really depends on how I'm feeling. Some days I sleep in. Some days, I I mean, most days, honestly, I take an Epsom salt bath in the evening to unwind. Um, I don't go out at night very much because, like, it doesn't feel good to me. By the time I'm, like, I think and work so hard during the day that by the time the sun goes down, I'm done. My goose is cooked. I want to go to bed. I want to lie down. I want to like talk on the phone. I'm done. I'm fucking done. Oh, that and, sounds like, so amazing taken- to so many of us that try and push ourselves to do this. Because I was like going through oh this real God. transition phase where I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? I used to party and I used to be fun. What is this? Oh. Who is this girl now? And it's like, oh, but, it, but it feels so good to stay in. It feels so good. And like as long like everything in moderation, right? So as long as you're not becoming a hermit and you don't see <laughs> anyone or you know, you're hiding from social situations because you're genuinely afraid of them, Mm-mm. I think it's important to just do what feels good. Like I used to go to bars and clubs and shit. Like you would have to I mean, there'd have to be a really good reason for me to go out and do that shit now. I'm <laughs> simply not interested. Like I don't give a fuck. I'll see you during the daytime. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I so, do. So, yeah, I think um, we really just need to take it easy on ourselves and stop pretending like we have to have everything figured out or that everything is always going to be the same or that we're going to have this daily routine that's going to save our lives and change everything. Like, it's just not realistic. It's no. just really not realistic. No. Uh, so I've started uh... – started having conversations on my socials and on this new show uh, and mm. I've and they've really opened up so much in terms of people's I guess ability to share and and what I've discovered is so many I guess doubt so many people's doubts or or resistance to stepping forward or even just putting one step in front of the other it could be something very small really comes back to self-worth and I don't know about you in the work that you do, but is this something that you agree that essentially is a really big factor and a lot of, I guess, the, the problems or the resistance or the troubles that we find to achieve what we want or, or really take a step forward is from a, a place of lack of self-worth? Yeah, I think it is. It's a lack of self-worth. It's a lack of self-confidence and a lot of the reasons why we don't do the thing that we want to do is because we're, we're scared of what would happen if it worked. We're afraid of what success might look like. We're afraid of what people might say about us. We're afraid of how our friendships or our family might change, our lifestyle might change. And so we really never begin. And for me, you know, tapping has been the number one way of dismantling those beliefs and those fears. Um, Because I think people tell themselves a lot of stories about, you know, what would happen if it worked or what, like, you know, I have a new personal trainer who I love and I was talking to him about, I wanted to tone up my arms and and he was like, you know, don't worry, like your arms won't get big. And I was like, dude, I know, like 
do you know, well, he knows, like you have to work so hard to get big arms, <laughs> right? You have to lift so heavy and so consistently and you have to eat so much chicken. But women go to the gym and they're like, oh, I don't want to lift weights because I don't want to like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> like, do you know how long that shit takes? And it's the same when it comes to wanting to do something but being afraid of what would happen if you're successful. Like, baby, you're at least five years out from that. So you might as well start now. And if you get to that place and it's a problem, then you can deal with it. But we really go into these full-fledged fantasies about how bad it could be and what might change. And, you know, I'm going to be on TMZ and, and like, no, you're not. It's okay. Like, that's the fucking best analogy i've heard in a long time it's so true because i feel like we yeah we fear so much stuff so that is so far away and potentially will never happen uh rather than actually do the small little thing like press you know upload on a blog that post that you've written it's it's quite insane like like someone's like oh what if like i can't get my supplier to give me the stuff i need in time or what if somebody needs a refund well you don't even have a website yet so (laughs) let's just take it one step at a time and don't freak yourself out because really you're just playing a trick on yourself to keep yourself small to keep yourself safe to keep yourself stuck where you are and that doesn't feel good either so you either stay there where it sucks or you take a risk and you navigate it as it goes. I think, yeah. My money is always on take the risk and navigate it and see where the chips fly, you know? I think that the interesting thing is so many people are unaware that they're scared of the good. Everybody has been told this story that we're actually scared of the bad, but there's such Mm -hmm. a power in reversing that and understanding that we're actually scared of good. And, and, And when you really sit in that, and if you are hearing that for the first time, how insane is it? Like you, you think, oh, my goodness, I, I, I want mm. the good so bad. How can I possibly be scared of it? And I think mm-hmm. you were right about how one of the biggest things for me is letting go of people. I find that part of the process mm. tricky. And I'm getting much better at it over the past couple of weeks. There's mm-hmm. been a few, a few people that I'm like, oh, wow, you're exiting. Okay, okay, okay. That must mean that you were really supposed to not be here, even though I kind of thought you did. And I'm going to go back and work on how I am a bit shocked by this because I like to kind of think I'm yeah. I'm following my gut every step of the way. So I feel like shock sometimes are also a bit of a lesson to say, okay, what sign were you missing or, or potentially what were you ignoring? Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. I, is there something for you that when you went through this process of building, it's been a really long time, that that you struggled with the most in terms of your fear of success? Um, Let me think about that. But I just want to go back to what you were saying about, you know, cutting people off or letting people exit your life when they're no longer kind of on the journey with you. Yeah. I think the only people that find that easy are sociopaths. Yeah, okay, that's nice to know. You know, honestly, like if you care about someone, if you're invested in them, if you have a vision of what your future together might be, if they're a friend, a partner, a business partner, it doesn't matter. It's painful when that comes to an end. And so, you know, don't think that you are crazy or you suck or you're not evolved because you can't just cut them off and close the door. Um, that stuff is hard. It's painful. You know, that that is the nature of the beast. Um but in terms of my own fears around success, uh, I 
think really it's been, I mean, it's been a very slow process, I guess. Um, but when I first started, I remember having a lot of doubts around, you know, who am I to share my opinion? Why would anybody care? Like, um, in the very beginning, I was like, you know, I'm never going to make any money out of this. And, and all of those doubts came up for me. So I think my fears were mostly around, you know, that it wouldn't work out for me. Um, and, you know, new resistance comes up all the time. But like I said, you know, tapping has been really instrumental for me in working through those resistances and those limitations. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I've introduced tapping. I did my first uh, group coaching about a couple months ago now uh, and mm. tapping was a really big part and I think it is something that is incredibly powerful and also so simple. Um, can you explain mm. to everyone what tapping is and how you have found, where you find the power in it? Yeah, so tapping is basically a combination of acupressure and positive psychology and it is a way of rewiring the brain so you're sending these calming signals to the amygdala which is the stress center of the brain and it just allows you to release the limitations you have and so you can free up your emotions your thoughts and move into a better place mm. so tapping is really interesting because you literally do it it's like the power is in your fingertips it's so amazing you can do it in a bathroom stall. You know, you can do it in the backseat of a car. Like it, it's easy. You don't need a therapist to walk you through it. It's so quick and easy and free. And I have found that when I think about a situation I was in, they use tapping to remove the resistance around. When I go to tell that story, I can't even remember what it felt like. It's sort of like watching a movie of myself. And it's very strange. It like cuts what well, feels like it cuts off the emotional component of the issue so that you can see it oh my god yes and literally choose a new thought yes the it. clarity the clarity and if you're a person mm. that is quite anxious or a bit of an overthinker or really can have your thoughts get in the way of that that real gut feeling that is essentially the source of everything uh i have found it incredibly freeing from that perspective and you can i will put in show notes my favorite tapping videos of galas but also then her youtube channel as well so you can tap along whenever you like because i've i was i used one i forget which one i did on the plane two days ago and i just walked into that trip just feeling i don't know myself right without any of the uh, I guess the extra kind of backpack I had my carry on. I didn't need another backpack of extra yeah. thoughts that were not going to serve me. Um, but right. I, when I, I just wanted to also explain that acupressure. That did you say acupressure? Because I hadn't heard that 
the expert. They're kind of points yeah. that are on different parts of your head, on your collarbone, by the side of your body, on the top of your head. They're, they're different points. And in Gala's videos, you can uh, you can actually watch her and do it along with her. And also on the website, I have yeah. a bit of um. Uh, on my website, stacyjune.com, a bit of a downloaded sheet that you can print out so you can see the points for yourself. Um, but there's so many ways for nice. you to start that. So, and I think for you, you I feel like you are the tapping guru <laughs> the, on, online. Like I feel like there's a real ability for you to access something that's so powerful, but you make it in such a approachable and really, I don't know, like a really open manner, like a really realistic way to approach it. So I think... I think your videos are a perfect place to start if you haven't haven't already got into it. Um, so I wanted to talk to you about navigating the world of self-help. I started this show mm. and somebody's also decided to start a massive reverse truck, but I've decided I'm not going to edit this shit out. <laughs> I really like the fact that everybody knows that I record from my home and that this is life. Um, Let's keep it devastating yes, and real. Yes, um, I, I yeah. wanted to ask you about the self-help world. And as I mentioned to you before we started recording, I was in a big commercial world. Okay, that's really loud. I'm going to close the window. It's actually full on. Just one sec. Okay. Okay. Sorry, everyone. Um, uh, in okay. Sydney at the moment, it is just insanely muggy so it's like any air you can get I'll take a a small kind of muted truck but I'm not going to take some aggressive bulldozer into my house okay so what was I saying self-help world so going from this real commercial radio you know all this these kind of buzzwords and and shiny lights in terms of an industry and an energy and hopping into more of a self-help space I really resisted for a bit because I felt like this the word self-help had just a real stigma around around it in some ways and with some certain people. Mm-hmm. And whether I agree with that or disagree with that isn't really, I guess, the thought process. It was just a reality of what I was facing. And what I was, what I kind of landed mm-hmm. on was that I wanted to be able to merge the two, where somebody didn't feel like they needed to jump in and all of a sudden have read everything Louise Hay ever wrote and, you know, that goes spends a million dollars at Tony Robbins and all these kind of cliche stereotype stuff that I guess people really put up as self-help and so I've started to use my own language but I wondered if there was ever resistance from you and maybe you know listeners that are listening to the show have kind of heard me from my other stuff but are interested in diving into this but there's this real resistance with this self-help like I guess word um, that I want to be able to transform a little bit to make everybody feel like they can be included in that I don't know if you had that and if you think we should be able to make it all inclusive or you think we just keep it exactly as it is because it's amazing well I think there's always room for people to come into this space and explore in their own way and you know if you read you know 20 self-help books you're going to read the same message Mm. over Mm -hmm. and over and over again because these are all universal truths. But the point is that everyone has a different way of expressing it and a different way of understanding it. So something that I write might mean nothing to you, but you read Louise Hay or someone else and you're like, oh, I get it. So I think, you know, diversity and inclusivity is really important. Like everybody's story is valuable. Everyone has a different way of explaining something that might hit with you. Um, you know, I have been doing yoga loosely for maybe 20 years and I always hated it. And I had a friend of mine teach a yoga class and I went along 
And the way she explained the breathing, I was like, oh, I get it. It took me 20 years to get the breathing of yoga, how the breathing matches the movement. 20 <laughs> years. So my point is that, you know, just because something hits with your best friend, it may not hit with you. Um, but I, I mean, I always thought that self-help was like a bit embarrassing, yeah. you know, and when I was like 18, 19, I would go to bookstores and sit on the floor and read self-help books because um, I couldn't even afford to buy them at the time. And when I started writing my blog in 2006 and I was writing about getting happy and, and living your best life and all these things, I really just wanted to make it fun and sexy and approachable in a way that I felt mm. it wasn't. Um, all the self-help books I had read up until that time, it felt like it was written for my mother's mm. generation. And honestly, it mm. probably was because they were my mother's age, mm. those women. Um, and so, you know, I think... I think self-help is an amazing category and it's, I think it's really hot to be interested in improving yourself and wanting to be the best version of yourself possible. I think that's extremely sexy. Like who, I mean, I could never date somebody that wasn't interested in bettering themselves. It's, it sounds That's terrible. so true when you put it like terrible. that. I kind of imagined this picture and I was like, ugh, it's such a turn off. Right. Yeah, it's. Like we all grow up with so many crazy messages and if you just accept them all and swallow them and you just regurgitate what your parents taught you and that's as far as you ever evolved. Like well, that's, that's my, oh, my, wor my worst nightmare. Death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Living on earth and repeating right. my parents' story. No fucking thank you. Right. Um, but I've got this. Right, I don't know exactly. if you're a Sex and the City person, but I've got that episode in my head where Charlotte's going through a divorce and she goes into the self-help aisle and it's just, it stays yeah. in my mind all the time about how they just made it such a dirty thing and she walks out of the bookshop because she can't even admit that she's buying it and she has to order it on Amazon yeah. and it's just this real bullshit yeah. approach. And I, I love how you've made it more modern. I love how you've made it sexy and I really, I, I really aspire to that for the work that I do too. So thank you for that. Um, oh, well, thank you. And, like, you know, I didn't get here on my own. You know, my work is influenced by lots of other people and there's people like, you know, Gabby Bernstein who has done so much for the self-development world and the spirituality world in terms of making it, like, not sexy necessarily, but making it not cr like super yeah. weird and like you don't have to smell like patchouli to get into <laughs> it, you know. And we're all we're all like moving the needle a little bit in our own way. And you know, the people that are coming up now are doing it in a completely different way too. And like that's fantastic. The more, the better. You know, I think mm, that's great. Me too. Me too. So you've got so many fun. Uh, like courses and activities and all kinds of different ways for you to improve yourself on your website. Uh, one of them that I wanted to ask you a little bit more about was getting on top of your cash-ish. And I think a lot of the time people yes. think that it starts with going to a financial planner or thinking about a budget and then you kind of sit mm -hmm. there and it's funny because you sit there and you wait for things to happen, but really you're earning the same amount of money and that's it. You know, you kind mm. of stay quite stagnant. And I wanted to get your advice mm. uh, on, I suppose, how we can live to a full potential when it comes to finances. And when I say full potential, mm. I mean even more than you could possibly understand you could attract, you know, because mm. I think everybody thinks, well, I earn mm. this much. And if I'm not working seven different jobs, how am I ever going to change that for myself? Mm-hmm. 
Well, people don't get wealthy from cutting costs and not going to Starbucks. Um, that's that's not how you build wealth, right? So the way that you realistically build wealth is you invest your money in things that are going to have some kind of return on them. So, you know, leasing a car, for example, is probably not going to make you any money. It's better to buy a car that will hold its value and then sell it when you're done. And like, you'll probably only lose a little bit of money as opposed to a lot of money on that, right? So there's a lot of practical things that we can talk about when it comes to finances. But the, the mistake that people make really is that they think it's all about the physical and not just about the metaphysical. So in my Radical Rituals Abundance course, I teach people about thinking about money from an energetic standpoint and that it's not just money that you earn from the job that you go to. Money can come from anywhere. And this class that I teach is incredible. It's only two weeks long, so you get a lesson every day. There's a lot of tapping in there, but there's some other rituals. And we look at the way that you're treating your money and like, are you being generous? And all these other little things that really help you to change your attitude around abundance. And I've had women email me and say like, oh, I manifested $100,000 in the two weeks that I did this class. Like the results are absolutely amazing. Okay. So for someone listening and, and going, how, what, what is, <laughs> fuck, no way. Like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. That person was already working on something like, and then it kind of was bought or she had an inheritance or she, what, how? I mean, it's different for everyone. There are so many different stories. And if you look at the testimonials, story highlights on my Instagram, there's literally like hundreds of stories like this. And people make it in different ways. Some people get given gifts. Some people get inheritance. Some people get new jobs, new contracts. They get raises. Like there's so many Mm -hmm. ways that money can Mm -hmm. come to you. And we have this very blinkered vision of the way it comes to you. Like, oh, I get a paycheck every week and that's how I make my money. No. It can come from anywhere. And really this class is about opening you up to the fact that it can come from anywhere. And also just changing your energy around money. Like if you think, well, you know, I make $40,000 a year and that's all I'm going to make. Well then, yeah, that's all you're going to make. Because we create our life with the thoughts that we think and the stories we tell ourselves. So if you want a better life, you've got to tell yourself a different story. It's so true. And I want to add to that example because uh, my husband and I, uh, we're going into our own business together for the first time and and doing more work on my own than I ever have. And and we come from very different money stories. So when I say money stories, I mean, you know, what you're taught and what you need to, mm-hmm. what you need to work through to be able to get into that mindset that you just explained. And it's funny, I, I really am a big encourager of of also celebrating things that come through that are worth money that might not be actual cash-ish. So, for example, we're mm-hmm. thinking about selling a property and, you know, there was we walked out and there was a lot to fix and he was kind of getting really stressed. Oh, my God, the floorboards, we've got to fix this. We probably have to paint here. It's actually going to cost us this much money if we put it on the market. And I said, we've you've completely forgotten about the fact that your best mate and his main property manager are from a very successful real estate agent has come and spent... An hour with us to talk about all the things we have to do as a minimum, who will then put forward this kind of proposal, probably put the house on market for no charge. And there's all of these things that we've actually received here that may not be 
$10,000 in our bank, but that are worth things that other people are spending money on and that potentially will allow us Mm -hmm. to sell the property for much more than we would be able to if we were doing it on our own. So I think that, you know, there's a way for you also to change your, your thinking about things that are coming in to you that you have that may not be $100 at Tetzlotto or, you know, $3,000 of a pay rise. There's lots of different things that are worth worth something that are worth celebrating too, right? Right. It's like looking at things that have value, not just mm-hmm. what does this translate to mm-hmm. in dollars. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. So I want to talk to you also about breakups. Uh, I started doing some work uh, particularly on finding ways for us to stop wishing away our single life. It's called the Single Pringle Project Mm -hmm. and it's a passion of mine. Mm -hmm. I was single for a very long time and often thought, but I'm doing all the work. This has got to be for a bigger reason than me. And it was because Mm -hmm. I have just felt like there's been so many lessons that have come through that I want to share but I, I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you about this uh, from your own experience or from teaching, how people can really move on from, I suppose, past relationships and start that slate clean. What would your tips be for that? Well, I think um, there's a few different things. You know, there's there's the angle of rejection as protection. So if a relationship doesn't work or you get dumped or um, you get divorced or something like that, to start to see that as a beautiful blessing rather than as pain or suffering or that you did something wrong. Um, I've had so many times in my life where a relationship has ended or something hasn't worked out that I now look back on and think like, fuck, I really dodged a bullet Mm. there. That could have been so Mm. bad. Um, And so just noticing that, you know, you may feel sad right now if your relationship didn't work out, but in six months time, you may have a completely different perspective on it. And just to, you know, spending that time single is so good for you. Like you were just saying, you learn so much about yourself. You learn to be comfortable with your own company. And look, there is nothing less attractive than someone who cannot be alone and doesn't like their own company. You know, if you, start dating someone who demonstrates that like they cannot be alone, you are going to be out of there lickety-split because people really, well, healthy people want to be with another healthy person, someone that has their own life, has their own interests and maintains those interests while they're in a relationship. And really the only practice we get of that is when we're single. Mm. And it's important time to curate with yourself where you remember like, well, what am I interested in? Like, who am I? Um, I got divorced maybe mm, four years ago now, I think. And it was one of the best times of my life. I completely rediscovered who I was. And relationships have a funny way of swallowing you up slowly. And when they spit you out at the other end, you may not be sure about who you are. So Taking that time to really reconnect with yourself is such a beautiful thing. Mm. Really, really important. And I would, I mean, some people are like, oh, like, why am I not married yet? Like, honey, I've been married. And if you're in the wrong marriage, fuck, you beg to be single. You know what I mean? So it's much better to be by yourself than to be in something that doesn't oh. work or that's abusive or that's painful or limited, you know? So 
Oh, there's always a bright side, honestly. There's oh my God, so much side. so. And I know I've, I've talked about this a lot and I've, and I quote this in the book that I'm writing is that you will feel so much less lonely laying there in a bed by yourself than laying next to someone that is not right for you. It is, I just get taken back to that feeling and I've, and I remember both of the feelings. Neither of them were necessarily easy, but I knew when I was laying in that bed on my own, as, as hard as it was, I knew I was in a better place than I was being in something really fucking shitty. Yeah, being lying in bed next to someone and just feeling that tidal wave of anxiety because you know it's not ever going to work the way you want it to mm. is the worst I feeling. Think it is too. I would never wish that on anyone. Mm. Terrible, terrible. I think it is too. So, with your Gala Darling community and all of the work that you're doing, tell us about, I suppose, what I guess what your dreams are. What are you trying to manifest at the moment? My dreams. Oh gosh. Well, I'm working on several things, but I I don't really like to talk about them while they're okay. cooking. Um, so I'm working on a lot of things, but honestly, like my ultimate big time dream is to live in a beautiful house that overlooks the ocean and have, to have written a lot of books. Mm. It's a very simple mm. dream, but there's going to be a lot of adventures on the way to that. So that's what I'm working on is the adventures. Yeah, part. it's true. And when you say um, simple dreams, were you always dreaming simply? Because I think sometimes when we start to think about manifesting or when we start to think about, okay, right, I want to do this, I'm going to write down everything I want, it can get pretty busy. Mm-hmm. How how do you encourage mm-hmm. and have you had to pull yourself back from, I guess, this ginormous wall of dreams to, you know, kind of simplify the dreams and then see what comes up along the way? Um, well, actually, I mean, I would say my dreams are really not that simple because this vision where I live by the, by the water, the house is absolutely fantastic. (laughs) This is not a small dream. Sorry. Um, I didn't mean to sound small, but I mean, you know what I mean? Like it can get pretty busy and I think, you know, it's, it's often, Mm -hmm. it can sometimes be the difference between being clear with the universe about what we want versus doing kind of a million different options and hoping one of them sticks. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the most important thing is paying attention to how the projects make you feel. And, um, you know, I, I get offered lots of different things. But like I said earlier, you know, I only say yes to things that I know are going to feel good and really be fun. And I think because I, I know really what my role is in the world and I know why I'm here and I know what I'm here to do. And again, that's taken me like, you know, 35 years to figure it out. Um, because I know that it's, it makes it really easy to kind of like say yes or no to things and, and to get clear about it. And the, the projects that I want to do and the things that I pick up are vehicles on the way to my greater purpose. Like they make sense with the, the story that I'm telling, you know. Um, and if it doesn't make sense, then I just, just don't do it. And when there might be people thinking about what you've just said and thinking about their own experience and how much, you know, we are encouraged to make sure we understand that life is in that kind of road to those goals that we have, what do you do or what would you suggest that people do to, to practice that patience and to really practice with that that real acceptance of the process because I think so many of us resist the in-between and the in-between is what we are here to do, right? It is the life part. 
Well, the, I mean, it's really the simplest way to do it is just to focus on being like, how can I feel good right now? Because it's all you have is the right now. So you may have a vision of what you want to do next week or in a month or in five years time, but you might not even get there. So really we have to focus on being here right now. And as for developing patience, like you really don't have a choice. You're here. It moves at the rate that it's going to move at. And that's it. So you might as well enjoy the friggin' moment. Mm. And that's really all there is to it. There's no cheat code to learning patience. You either learn it or you suffer. That's it. And with that, that in-between part, and I guess what you would say before we wrap up to anybody that's kind of going, I really want to start a process. Like, <laughs> what do I – how do I start? How do I begin this? How do I kind of start to think differently and shift? What would be kind of an early stage step for you to encourage someone to go, okay, this resistance is here. How do we move that and take one step closer or one step forward to just be starting something new or starting something different? Mm-hmm. Well, it's amazing timing because the tar- the tapping that I did for the 18th of February is about having the confidence to start. And that's what the tapping is all about. It's literally about getting rid of the resistance, the fear, and just having the courage to begin. Because if you don't begin, you will never finish a project. And if you think about the people that you really admire in your life, you admire them because they've made something, they've done something, they've created something, and you will never create anything unless you make the first move. So go see that tapping. Do the tapping with me for the week of the 18th of February. And you will experience so much movement. So I would say start there. Absolutely mm, start Okay, there. I'll put that in show notes for sure. Gala, it's been such a delight. I am so happy to spend this morning for you, but it's, I think it's evening for you, right? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I hope that we are able to have another juicy chat at some point in the future and potentially even meet when you come to Australia. You must come. Are you coming? I saw the yes, last time you were here was like lovely. four years ago or something, three years working. Was it? No, I was there last oh, year. I didn't know I was that. There last oh, year. I mustn't have been on the site. What were you doing? <laughs> uh, I spoke in Brisbane. I spoke in, I'm completely blanking. I think I spoke in Melbourne, Sydney, and New Zealand. Oh, my God. We need to do a talking tour or something. You need to come back. <laughs> you need to come back. I love yeah. it there. I always have such a great time in yeah, Australia. it's fun. It's, it's an interesting place. We're finding ourselves in a very interesting place right now. But we do we're, – we're lucky people. We are the lucky ones. Gala, thank you so much. Uh, again, I, pre- I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thanks, darling. Thanks for listening, guys. Gala was so divine. I hope to have her back on the show very soon. If you want to let her know that you heard her here, you can follow her on all her socials at Gala Darling and check out her website, as I've mentioned earlier, at galadarling.com. I am so appreciative of your support with this new show. A lot of you have been messaging me asking me if there's a Patreon or there's different ways to support. I'll get to that at one point if I feel like that's something I'd like to do. For now, it's working fine. All I ask is that you share 
what I'm doing and where I'm at and I guess these new ventures with your family and friends. Sharing it on social media is this, that extra little step to telling a girlfriend over a coffee. All of it is appreciated. But if there is something that you think, what can I do for Stace? Uh, I'm really loving these shows and want to support her in her new ventures. It's sharing it on social media. If you do enjoy it, it just gives somebody else that little love tap to say, maybe you'll enjoy it too. And that's all I can really ask at this stage. I am just hoping that really organically uh, people that are supposed to find the work and the new work that I'm doing find it and and I'm, I'm interested to see how the audience grows not from necessarily just a business perspective and trying to get as many people listening as possible but but for me as a transition process I've done such different content for such a long time some of my friends and people have said I feel like it's so at home for you but I also know that it's such a new space and sometimes it's even a bit shocking to hear the type of space that you've landed yourself in and I'm so proud of it it's so real and it's it's exactly where I want to be so I am excited to see who it is that I find out there that ends up listening to this show thank you so much if you followed me across my journey and welcome if you're just finding me now I'm very excited at what we will do together and promise to bring you more and more of these conversations I'm loving it and I hope you are too okay see you soon this has been another Bijou Podcast production. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.